Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I'm Letitia Ringe, your coach, and today we are talking about gender and conscious romantic relationships. This is the second episode in a two-part series, so if you haven't yet listened to the first episode, I recommend you go back to the previous episode to dive into part one and then come and meet us back here for part two. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, we are talking about how assumptions, judgments, tendencies, patterns associated with gender impact the way we show up in our conscious romantic relationships. It's really important to understand these judgments, tendencies, and patterns so that you can show up in your relationships with more awareness both of yourself and also of your partners. Now, I want you to know that while we're talking about general tendencies, general patterns, etc., associated with gender, it's really important that you make sure you're tuning in as we're talking about these subjects to be able to identify what feels true for you and what resonates for you. And when it comes to your partner, that you then are having conversations with your partner to understand whether these experiences are true for them. And the reason for this is while the point of sharing about these common patterns and experiences based on gender are here to support you if you resonate with a pattern or an assumption or a tendency to know that you're not alone and then in recognizing that it's a pattern, you might be then more likely to go and do something about it. It's also not the truth for everybody because we're all individuals. And so you don't want to make assumptions or project onto yourself or another and instead meet yourself where you're at and just use the information so that you're aware that these are common experiences and then find out whether it's true for you and whether it's true for your partner. Now, in today's episode, we're covering the final three points of the five points that I wanted to share with you all in this series. Point number three is about masculine and feminine energy. Now, what this has to do with gender is that every single individual is made up of masculine and feminine energy. Masculine and feminine energy make up our full creative power. In order to create your life, just like in order to create your relationship, you need both forms of energy to thrive. You need the masculine energy and you need the feminine energy. We all have it within us regardless of gender. Now, how this is then equated with gender is that obviously the word masculine and feminine energy, our brain then associates with gender. And it's probably why those names were given to it in the first place. So there is a tendency for men to associate themselves more with masculine energy and for women to associate themselves more with feminine energy. This can be problematic because then we might reject the opposite energy within ourselves because we think, oh, I'm a woman and it's meant to be all about feminine energy or I'm a man and it's meant to be all about masculine energy. You will not 
have access to your full creative power unless you're using both your masculine and feminine energy and not only using it, but using it in a healthy and conscious way. Because if you're not using it in a healthy and conscious way, guess what happens? That energy will still be expressed, but it will be expressed unhealthily. And that's where it leads to problems. So it's really, really important that in order to function well as a human and not only well, but also to maximize your full potential, that you understand you need to embrace both your masculine and feminine energy within yourself and across your life as a whole. Then when it comes to the context of your relationship, you can bring that filled up place within you of both masculine and feminine energy. And then you can both work with both energies within the relationship. And if you choose to create polarity in terms of approaching the relationship primarily in one energy or oscillating between the two, depending on which one your partner is in so that you have both of these energies taken care of at all times as a team, you will then know how to approach the relationship in a healthy and conscious way. Now, it's important to know that when we think of masculine and feminine energy, it's often equated with masculinity and femininity. Now, these mean different things. Masculine and feminine energy is about creative power. Feminine, femininity and masculinity is about social constructs based on characteristics and stereotypes and generalizations about women and about men. Now, because we've all evolved quite a lot, those definitions tend to be very limiting and also quite toxic. For instance, toxic masculinity might look like, oh, you just need to man up. And it rejects the notion that men have feelings and need love and affection, which of course they do because they're human beings. (laughs) And if we talk about femininity, it assumes that all women are really emotional or should be doing softer careers or wearing dresses. And as we all know, that is absolutely not the case when it comes to women. Women want all sorts of careers and we express ourselves in all sorts of ways in terms of our clothing. And it's really important to understand that like they're talking about two different things. So it's important to understand that your brain in order to fit in might be choosing to favor one of those energies over the other. It could be judging your partner for favoring one of those energies over the other. And it also might be what is leading you to choose a particular pole of energy to approach your relationship from. So the point of this is to know that you as an individual need to consciously and healthily express both your masculine and feminine energy. If you're feeling disconnected to one or you don't understand what a healthy and conscious expression of it is, then you need to start that study within yourself. This isn't about perfection. It's a lifelong practice. And the more that you work with this over time, the more you will benefit from it personally. This means you'll then come into your relationship or show up in your current relationship from a place that is filled up and that is able to access your full creative power and potential. 
And it also means that you'll be then able to hold both poles of energy within the romantic relationship as needed. And you'll be able to choose a pole that you want to deepen into and that you personally find nourishing because you have the experience within your own life of it rather than simply assuming that you should be coming from one pole over the other. This is really, really important. And I think we all need to really think about the way our judgments about gender and about what we should be feeling and experiencing and doing, how that then impacts our own experiences, because we look at our life through that lens and then we just confirm it. So we need to free ourselves from those expectations and instead actually experience both energies within the context of your life and the relationship to then be able to decide what's true for you. Now, personally coaching women for six years, I know that there are such cravings to approach life more from feminine energy. I also hear from men that they get a lot of energy from approaching their relationship from their masculine energy. So it's important to understand this, to not make it right or wrong, but just to know that this could be what you experience or you might experience something different. Our fourth point in our gender series is about common experiences of men that impact the relationship. Now, it's really, really helpful to understand common experiences of men that impact the way they show up in relationships and also unmet needs and desires that they have that might be showing up in your relationship right now that they aren't even aware of. It's important to know that for you if you're in relationship with men so that you can assess and have a conversation with your partner to know whether this is something that they might be needing and desiring too that they aren't even aware of, or maybe they are, but they haven't felt safe to share it with you. And it's also important for you if you are a man or identify as man in any way that you understand that this could be an experience you've had and you take the time to reflect and find out whether that's true for you. So see how just understanding this only deepens our understanding of each other and ourselves. But the problem is, is when you assume that this is the experience and then you assume all men have had this experience and then you you project that onto them rather than asking or having that inquiry within yourself and finding out whether it's true. Okay. So I'm going to share three experiences. Of course, there are so many others, but these three are very common and I see impacting romantic relationships and our ability to really meaningfully connect with each other again and again and again. The first one is as boys, boys are enculturated not to display outward displays of love and affection in the same way that girls are. So you probably have observed how girls and women will tell each other, like, I love you. You're so beautiful. Like we'll hug each other. We'll kiss each other. We're more affectionate and loving in our language generally. Again, this is not all women. It's a generalization. Boys and men, on the other hand, aren't as outwardly affectionate. There's not a lot of physical contact and touch generally. And there's also not a lot of, hey, like you're doing so well here. You look really beautiful today, right? Now, men are humans. Boys are humans. Men and boys need love. They need appreciation and they need affection. So when it comes to the context of a romantic relationship, 
you, if you're in relationship with a man or you are a man, you might believe that you don't need love and affection and your partner might believe that too because they've learned to think about men in the same way and yet your core desire is actually to be with someone who's more affectionate to you. So can you see how this experience might impact your your uh, ability to communicate what you need? You might be ashamed or, f- or feel embarrassed about communicating that or unable to recognize it within yourself. And also your partner might be assuming that you don't need these things and then therefore not providing them to you. Men need appreciation. They need love and affection. And it's incredibly powerful when you start giving this to your partner if they are a man and you realize how their experience as a little boy might impact their ability to ask for what they need and desire. And it also might actually cause a rift between them and the way they perceive women because they might feel like, well, I haven't been getting that from women and I really desire it, but I shouldn't have it. So then it becomes this like judgment of themselves and women. And that's really important to be aware of. Second experience that shows up for men is a desire to provide and a a tendency for acts of service to be one of the primary love languages. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I know personally in my own experience as a woman, I have found it really difficult to allow myself to receive from men acts of service and whatever it is they want to provide resources, like whatever. And the reason for that is I've learned that I need to be independent and because I personally don't have the energy or capacity to provide the same, I then don't want to like be in an imposition on this person, right? But what I've learned about men is that they there's a tendency to actually be energized by providing, that they show their love through acts of service. And so if you can actually learn how to receive more and allow that providing and allow those acts of service, it actually energizes my partner. And I'm like, what? If that were me, I'd be drained. (laughs) That's more work. But what I've learned is that for many men, this actually energizes them and that is what they want. So it's really, really important to ask yourself if that's true for you, if you are a man and if you're in relationship with a man, then go and have that conversation with them or even test it out. Now, what I've also learned is that the more I can show my appreciation and respect to my partner about those acts of service and about that providing, then even more energizing it is for my partner. This is so beautiful because it allows me to do more of what I want to do and also more of what I really need to learn how to do in order to access my full creative power and potential, which is to deepen into my own feminine energy, because that's where there is the imbalance for me because of the world we live in. I feel constantly pulled into more of my masculine energy. And so my ongoing practice has been to deepen into my feminine energy as a result. And personally, that's why I choose the feminine energy pole within the relationship. And so learning how to outwardly 
express my respect and my gratitude and my love and affection for my partner is so energizing to him. And then that then fuels me in being able to receive more and be supported more within our relationship. It's so beautiful. And part of that is also learning how to provide my partner with the opportunity to be of service and to provide rather than, for instance, we're at a restaurant and my tendency is to uh, pay the bill or to split it 50-50. But my partner actually wants to lead that and wants to decide whether he can provide or not, right? And so if I do that, then I sort of rob him of that opportunity. And I'm assuming that it's an imposition on him when actually it energizes him and he loves it. So these are really, really helpful to understand whether you're a man or not and whether you identify as a man or not, and then to find out whether that feels true for you. The third experience I want to talk about is that for men, there is a real need for meaningful connection with other men and also time alone. This allows you to have more presence within your romantic relationship, and it also allows you to be better in your leadership, especially when you want to primarily approach your romantic relationship from the masculine energy pole. The reason for this is in order to have awareness in and be in that healthy expression of your masculine energy, you need time alone. You can't be just around people all the time. That doesn't allow you to connect with yourself. It doesn't allow you to be still. It doesn't allow you to tune in to what's needed in the environment. You need time and space alone. And the other piece of this is that because of the way we've grown up, where women tend to be more social and men tend to be more solitary, it can mean that the quality as well of conversations that men are having with each other tend to be more surface level. And so the the craving and the yearning from men is to have more time with men and to have more meaningful time with men where you're talking about topics that are important to you rather than putting that all on your romantic partner because If you're in a heterosexual relationship and they're a woman, you might feel more comfortable talking to other women and more comfortable with your romantic partner, but you don't have that same level of intimacy and vulnerability in other relationships. So you put that all on your partner. That's not good for your partner and it's not good for you. So really encouraging yourself to have more time with men and time with men who are able to have those meaningful conversations and learning how to do that with each other is really, really important. And then also allowing yourself more of that time alone so that you can have that awareness cultivated and have that presence cultivated and have that connection with yourself that allows you to feel more recharged in the relationship. Alrighty, point number five. This is the final point in our series. We'll talk about common experiences of women that impact romantic relationships. We'll talk about three. Of course, there are many more, but we only have time for three today. So the first one I want to talk about is the independent woman fallacy. (laughs) So many women and girls were taught that in order to be successful, in order to make the most out of life, in order to be a feminist, you need to be an independent woman who doesn't rely on men in any 
way. Just go and listen to the song Independent Women, uh, Woman by Destiny's Child. I used to love that song so much. If you go back and listen, you can literally understand why so many of us find it so hard to accept support from the men in our life. It's because we really learned that we need to be independent in order to be like more of a woman or more successful as a woman or more equal as a woman. And that has resulted in things like burnout because we're trying to do everything ourselves and we learn that we simply can't. (laughs) We reject acts of service, as I just described. We might be really controlling of our life and we might also be experiencing that struggle for leadership, particularly in romantic relationships. So you, because you're a woman, like tend to think really openly and quickly. And so you can see like, here's all the things that need to be done in order to nurture and nourish this relationship in this life. And then your partner, on the other hand, might be primarily in their masculine and as a man can tend to be more singular focused in their thinking, which is great because then they the depth of that thinking is so much deeper, but they're focused on something else. So they can't see the 10 things in the room that need to be done. Right. And so you just go and do those things because you think, well, oh, I've noticed it and they should notice it instead of working together, which would look like, hey, I've just realized like that these things need some tending to what do you want to do about it or like how should we approach it and then having a conversation about it and allowing your partner the opportunity for leadership there right rather than simply cutting them off and doing it and then feeling burned out because you're doing so many things and taking care of all the pieces in the relationship etc this shows up in so many ways across our whole life and it shows up in our businesses in our work we are not designed as humans to do everything on our own. And I would argue, especially as women, because our biology does require more rest and relaxation, in my opinion. You can find out what's true for you, but particularly in a world that has been designed for the male hormonal cycle, we are put to work. We, there are so many expectations of us when not working on the female hormonal cycle, which is a longer cycle than the 24 hour cycle. And there isn't that support to allow us to thrive. So I don't know whether it's fully based on biology or whether it's more about the society and culture we live in, which is just demanding so much from us. But what I do know is that So many women need more people supporting them in their life. And it is a beautiful thing when you realize that for many men, being of service to you is actually what they want. (laughs) So if you can learn how to receive that, it is a beautiful, nourishing thing for you. So my recommendation is if you notice that showing up for you to look into that. I also know for me personally that the independent woman pattern showed up for me as a child because I was in a family where I needed to look after my own needs a lot more than maybe the average child, right? So I learned, hey, in order to get my needs met, I have to be responsible for them and I have to take care of myself and all of my needs. So that led me to just learning not to rely on other people, which was then problematic when I was a child and also as an adult, because I just had this protective pattern to do everything for myself. When at the same time, my core desire was 
actually to be more supported. But I couldn't even recognize that in myself because my protective pattern was blocking it. This might be showing up for you too. And this could be showing up for you too as a man, right? You might actually have learned not to accept help from anyone as a child. And then for you too, that's then showing up in your romantic relationships. What I do know is that this is a very common pattern amongst women, especially high achievers. (laughs) So this could be an experience for you as well. And learning how to receive and how to um, be more in your feminine energy in a really healthy and conscious way could support you. Another common experience is feeling a difficulty between that time of transitioning from the outside world or from work into your feminine energy. Now, I personally, and I've read research about this, in order to experience the kind of intimacy you want as a woman and to be able to open up in terms of intimacy, it is necessary for me to be in my feminine energy, to have had rest and relaxation, to not come from something I've just been working on and had my head all into and I've been thinking about and doing a lot. That for me just closes me off to intimacy and I don't want it. I understand that this is a common experience for many women. And so in the world that we live in, where we're so overly stimulated and have little time, we're all, we all feel like we're running out of time and we're just running from one thing to the next. Learning how to slow down and offer yourself periods of transition between the outside world and your work so that you can then come into your feminine is so helpful for romantic relationships. Your partner will benefit from you learning how to do this. And there are ways that your partner can support you in that exercise. For instance, if you do want to approach the relationship more from your feminine energy, or even if you don't, but in terms of intimacy, you do, you can let your partner know that you need this transition time and ask them to support you in that. And then that's an opportunity for your partner to lead, to hold a container, to provide. So you might come home and they say, Hey, I'll take care of the kids. You go and look after yourself, go have a bath, put on some music, like get, allow yourself to let your hair down, go for a dance, go for a walk, chat to a friend. You know, they will allow you to do that by providing the container for you to do that. This is what is possible when you understand Understand masculine and feminine energy and creating polarity within a romantic relationship. Not only will that help you to move more into your feminine energy, but you'll probably be more attracted to your partner because they held the space for you. A third example is that you might have difficulty trusting men to lead or to hold the container or to listen to you fully or to see you fully because of experiences you've had with other men in your life who didn't have the capacity to lead or to listen to you competently. And then this is because of a incomplete understanding of masculine energy and leadership that didn't take into account the partner's needs and desires and experience. So where masculine energy goes really, really wrong is when you have a person who will just blindly follow and you have a person who will lead without looking to how to support the other person to thrive, right? So they're just super selfish, they're dominating, they're overpowering, and the other person is really submissive, is not 
advocating for themselves, is not sharing what they need, and they're just blindly following, like I said. That is a very toxic dynamic, and that is an unhealthy expression of masculine and feminine energy. And what masculine and feminine energy actually looks like is the person in their feminine energy experiencing the container giving the feedback of their experience, expressing their emotions rather than projecting and feeling seen and heard, right? And that can only happen when their partner is providing that space to see and hear them, factoring in what they need in the container that they're providing, in the leadership that they're providing. So because we don't have a lot of examples of this healthy relationship between the masculine and feminine within romantic relationships, it could be the case that as a woman, you have difficulty really allowing this experience for your partner because of your experiences with men in the past. My recommendation here is that you allow the men that you're in romantic relationships with the opportunity to be their own person and to show you a different story. And you learn how to support them in, uh, utilizing both of their energies in a conscious and healthy way and in approaching the relationship from a particular pole of energy. So you learn how to follow or to lead in a way that is healthy, which supports your partner to do the following and being held or leading in a way that is truly healthy for both of you. This is really, really important. And I think as well, because of the experiences we've all been talking about as a collective when it comes to abuse from men to women, that can also lead to a collective mistrust of men. And also we're seeing how this is showing up for men as well, feeling too scared to approach women and being hypervigilant and then that impacting uh, a man's ability to really consciously communicate with women and to be more vulnerable and open than they might have otherwise done. And of course, in this case, I'm talking about men who have good intentions and aren't abusing. Uh, a woman, but there's, there's, there is this longstanding impact on both of us as a result of all of this conversation on the subject. And if you can even just have a look at what we then consume in terms of um, the news and, and TV, there is so much talk about abuse and so many graphic scenes that people are consuming. So that can lead to mistrust, right? Our relationship with our father or our brother or other men in your life can also lead to mistrust of your romantic partners. And this happens for men and women. And of course, if you don't identify with gender, then your experience of uh, men versus woman then has another layer on top of that. It's your experience as a person who doesn't identify with gender and judgments that you might feel about men or women or judgments that you feel like you've received from men and women. So it's very important to see how we kind of blanket all of these individual humans under these experiences rather than meeting each other as individuals. So to complete our two-part series, which is really just a starter on this very big topic about gender, I have five journal questions you can ask yourself. You can journal on them or as some of my clients prefer, you can just reflect on them. And they are the following. 
Number one, where am I not embracing my own masculine or feminine energy in a conscious and healthy way? Number two, what healing or re-education is there to be done in the way I perceive my romantic partner's gender or my own? Number three, where am I projecting my experiences or unmet needs or desires with my own experience with my mother or father or my parents or caretakers onto my romantic partners? Number four, how have my experiences as a man, woman, or non-binary person impacted my romantic relationships? And number five, what do I truly crave from a romantic relationship and how am I meeting these needs within myself? These five questions will lead you to powerful insights and it would be even better that if you do have a romantic partner right now that you get them to answer these questions for themselves too and then you both have a conversation about it. It will only lead to more understanding and then you'll be able to support each other in your exercise of both your masculine and feminine energy as individuals and within the relationship and then also of course your overall experience within your romantic relationship. All right, my beautiful friends, if you want support embracing both energies, healing your judgments based on gender, creating polarity within your romantic relationship, healing your protective patterns, identifying core needs and desires within a romantic relationship, or just simply creating a conscious romantic relationship, whether you're in a relationship right now or not, I encourage you to go to my conscious relationship coaching program page at latisharange.com forward slash coaching and submit your application, I'll then invite you for a free one hour coaching call with me so that we can get clear on exactly what it is you desire and what is standing in your way so that you understand the work that needs to be done to take you to where you want to go. And at the end of that, I'll then let you know whether my program is right for you. And then you'll have the opportunity to go away with the experience of having worked with me to decide whether coaching is something you want to prioritize in your life right now. With that said, I'll see you in my next episode. Thank you for listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and I appreciate you so much. If you would like support one-to-one as you up-level your life, business, or relationships in a conscious, intentional, and love-focused way, then head to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash coaching. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. 